So with our levels having been adjusted and uh, congruence achieved, here we are in the queue where we conduct the conversation. It's true. We're here again. I'm Jason Squamata. Who is? I'm Sabine Rear, your guest. Welcome. <laughs> So nice to have you in yes. the cube. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank I'm very happy. Yes, to join you in this cube. It's the nicest. Uh huh. <laughs> right. It has a certain character. It does. A certain ambiance. Yes. Um. So, Sabine, what's happening? Well, I straight away I I came here directly from the boxing gym. Really? Oh, where do you box? Yes. There is a boxing gym. Above the convenience store in my neighborhood. Mm. And I just took up boxing because about a year ago I took up an office job and now I've been sitting a lot. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So I've taken up boxing to address the sitting mm -hmm. um, and like have a body that I use more effectively. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, I'm really delighted. Uh, I don't like gyms. And I can't play outdoor sports, and I like exercise that involves learning a skill. Mm. Yep. Uh, so boxing really appealed to me, and also it's cool. I feel very cool. Yeah. Super cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've learned all the punches. Uh, also, the gym is owned by this like cool, tough lady who's been boxing for 18 years. Nice. Uh, and I guess the space has been a gym uh, for boxing reasons off and on since like the 40s. Uh huh. So it's very smelly and cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. That's cool. That is cool. That's that awesome. That's really exciting. Yeah. And um, a friend of mine uh, uh, used to box. Uh, a friend of mine who is female used to box at a gym in New York. And it was a, like a weird experience because it was like a super hard, hardcore, like old school boxing gym. Mm -hmm. And she was pretty much the only woman who boxed in there. Wow. And um, yeah. So she... Yeah, would occasionally just uh, feel sort of humored, you know, and um, but uh, she did, she did enjoy the combat. But it it's it's nice that it's um yeah, it's a nice gym. Yeah, I think when when I I went in for a private lesson because I'm I'm a little leery of exercise as a blind person. Uh, exercise classes often involve me getting too close for comfort to the person trying to teach me to exercise. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Which is not fun for any of us. Um, and also, I have historically hated to exercise. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very understandable. It's a drag. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I feel, honestly, very bad right now. But uh, I think the cool factor is helping. And um, mm -hmm. I went, so I went in for a private lesson because I wanted to know whether I would feel like I could learn how to do this thing visually uh -huh. um, in their space, which was great. Um, and, and the gal was very much like, our other instructors are dudes. You might wait a minute before you take their classes. I'm like, okay, men, cool. I don't want to do uh -huh. that. Let's just right. skip that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just right, only, right, right. only keep me under your wing forever. I'm yeah. never leaving. Uh, was today your first <laughs> No, I went, okay. this is my fourth time in the gym and I'm very excited about it. That is really cool. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Carry on. Punching. Oh, yeah. 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 Get out some aggression. Mm -hmm. Right. That sounds really um, therapeutic. So, good for you. Yeah, right on. Thank you. Um, yes. And uh, aside from that, 
um, what's been what's been happening lately. Tell us about who you are, what you do, what you make, what you want, and why. Okay, let's do this. Um, I am in this moment most uh, particularly a cartoonist. Um, I've been working on a couple of comics projects for the better part of a year. Um, one I want to talk about more than the other because one I've had for longer and I am starting to be distant from. Uh-huh. Uh, so in brief, I, I was paid some grant money to make a comic, which at the time I was very excited about, and now it's been too long. <laughs> yeah. uh, I understand And that. so yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the feeling weighs on me more than the excitement about the project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that will happen. It'll, it'll get done. Um, it will. It, it's quite a it nice must. project, but I'm, yes. I'm not excited about it. So that's more of an emotional space. Um, the project that I'm more excited about, that I'm almost done with, is about... Um, it's, a, it's a travelogue comic about going to Vienna, which I did with my family last Christmas. But it's mostly about being someplace unfamiliar and spending time by yourself when you are a blind person. Mm. Um, because I... A lot of it is about um, working through feelings of wanting to look really good and capable in public when I'm alone because people come up to me and are like, how do you dress yourself? Are you okay? I'm going to grab you and take you across the street. Um, Uh (laughs) (laughs) Not cool. Not cool. Um, uh, Listeners, don't uh, grab people. Ever. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't, it's not helping. Mm, yeah. Wow. Um, yes, so so uh, visually working through some of that, um, really enjoying comics. I hadn't spent too much time exploring them up until this last year, and it's been a really exciting time to think about sort of medium specificity and what it means to make visual art as a less visual person. Mm, um, right. Yeah, that's my, that's my main concern. Uh, and the thing that I'm putting the most work into. Um, The other things that take the most of my time and thus inform the most of my selfhood are cooking. Um, My sweetie and I have been cooking a lot of Korean food, which um, Korean home food is pretty new to me. Yeah. Um, And that has been really cool to learn about. And uh, I watch upwards of like six hours a week of pro wrestling. Wow, cool. So these are the, these are the things. All right. Like MMA. No, no, not like MMA. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> well, I have to ask. Uh-huh, right. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm glad you said that because that is a thing that is said. MMA is people really hurting each other. Yeah, definitely. And they're not fun. They're, they're not, not fun people. The MMA people would make terrible wrestlers because they're no fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wrestlers are... I think they get sad when they really hurt each other. I don't think it's good for anyone involved. Sure. And they are very genuinely fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's more like watching a really good dance movie. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. The athleticism is real. The storytelling is emotional. And everyone's just trying to work together to make the thing come off real well. Yeah. Yeah. And and at the same time, so cool. I mean, the danger is real. I mean, like, you can't fake getting dropped, you know, 10 feet onto a pile of thumbtacks. And, you know, so, <laughs> like that the like the commitment necessary i mean so on one level it's theater and it's people having fun but in a way you have it seems like you have to make a commitment greater than that of a conventional athlete yeah i think it's pretty high risk and it's pretty high emotion and it's also like a characterization that you have to carry into a lot of your life Mm. right um 
I I came to it this year also through my sweetie, um, who's a lifelong wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was ready for it because I have a lifelong love of reality television, which has kind of similar uh, concerns around the real and the not real mm-hmm. and um, policing around like what's real and who you get to be off camera. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. It's a fun world. Uh-huh. I've never watched wrestling, so I don't know if I can earnestly recommend that you do it by yourself. Okay, I that think makes sense. I had the great good fortune of being guided into it by a kind and thoughtful person who was able to provide like a lens for me to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think if I had been dropped square into weekly three-hour television. <laughs> Uh, I would have struggled to find something that I liked. Right. Sure. I understand that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, my, my dad was, uh, very into it when I was a kid and this is back in the Jimmy Superfly snooker days for Mm -hmm. anyone who knows what that means. I barely do myself. He's an Oregonian Uh, and a murderer. Well, there you go. (laughs) As I'm like, well, then I think also Um, recently deceased. Uh, oh, in the last couple of months. Well, wow. I don't know all the details of the homicide, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, but in your fleeting incarnation as a wrestling superstar, through my 11-year-old mind, I salute you. Wow. Um, um, who did he murder? Yeah, who did he murder? I think a girlfriend. I oh, retract wow. that. Never mind. Burn in hell. <laughs> wow. Cursed wretch. I, I like mean... that you raised a glass for your toast and for your retraction <laughs> yeah. of your toast. You're like, I'm taking <laughs> it back. <laughs> it comes back. No, it was a good, it was a, a worthwhile motion both ways. Yeah. Indeed. A thousand damnations upon you. I mean, if it had been some drug deal gone bad, I mean, we don't know what's really happening there, but... I'm... <laughs> And I haven't dug into yeah. it. I don't. I haven't watched a lot of older wrestling, so and oh. it seems like a lot of things like that pop up when yeah. you watch wrestling that's not recent. Like right now, it's pretty nice. Like sure. there's a lot of cute, like friendship and betrayal between boys uh-huh. situations. Right. That's pretty cute. Yeah. Not not to rule murder out for any of these young men, but so far. Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing horrifying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want to take that off the menu. You don't want to limit their possibilities. And uh-huh. I, you know, <laughs> I think they're busier. Yeah, we were, we were just talking about this. Oh. I think like in the '80s, these guys worked like one night of TV and a big show every once in a while, or like an interview. And then they had the week off to be the same as '80s rock stars and uh-huh. just do whatever, like yeah. coke and murder. <laughs> um, coke and murder. So there's a lot of the just, '80s. My in sense is yeah. there's a lot of just hidden bummer dude stories in there that sure. I don't want to have. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I want to know any of these. Right. Mm. Well, n- and now with someone like The Rock being like such a breakout, it mm-hmm. must set this standard. Well, the... him and John Cena have been breakouts. Right. And... Yeah. 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 And to be, you're right. You know, it's like it's a there's a whole other possibility there, and well, in know. a way, it kind of resembles a correlation of uh, like what you were saying, like the correlation between reality TV and now, because there are a lot of reality TV show stars mm. that like have actual. Like, that has catapulted their actual careers, right. like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, like, really significantly impacted their lives. Completely. Like, Completely. The, the event of reality TV, in my mind, is shaped by these people, especially villains, like your wrestling heel, mm-hmm. whose whole lives were sort of upturned because they became televised villains. Mm. And oh, because wow. we had this, like... Like, think about... I mean, I feel like there were, like, shitty people on... 
American Idol or Survivor or whatever in the early That's 2000s who wow. were like bullied in real life because mm. they were given a bad edit or they were encouraged to play a wow. shitty character. Right. And right. I think about that sort of like remediation of what is real with regard to media as being like kind of alarming and yeah that's really true you know it's so funny because i haven't thought about like survivor or like the amazing race since you like mentioned (laughs) that and then i was like oh wow like you know how like now you watch stuff and you're like oh i get it like with your adult mind you can be like oh i see how you know editors could do this or you know like producers could like you know sauce up um an argument or whatnot but like as a kid like that was it like that was Mm. like you're just an evil person so like now to really see that like that's really interesting and adults too right because reality tv was so new at the time completely people were were really like Mm. mad right um about things or like very emotional about these sort of real interactions and indefensive of of course it's real so in that way, I was very primed for wrestling and, and that, a very understanding of people who, as kids, had been told, that's not real. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> it, it, having watched so much reality TV, I know that that's not the point. Right. Um, that's right. completely true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so profound. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. There are levels. There are levels here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back in the day, I, I think I just saw a few episodes of Survivor here and there and... Um, I remember there was one where there was this guy who was so obviously winning, but he he was just, he was like Charles Manson. He had like this intensity and this like sociopathic, (laughs) like passion for winning this thing. (laughs) And, And, and so obviously, I mean, he's getting cut to, you know, to be a bad guy, but he's also playing it up. And saying, I'm going to be this guy. And you felt like he was going to take over. There'd be bloodshed. I don't know what ultimately happened, but it was like at the end of the episode. And he's like a like a postmaster in a little town in Vermont or something. And like, <laughs> and I, and, and, I think that's great. I think the, like, uh, the real life job, like that was a, that was a stroke of real genius. Cause uh-huh. on Survivor initially, I think they just came on with like a first name uh-huh. and an Completely. age. Yeah, yeah. And that occupation is wild. Cause you're like, that male lady is just bananas. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Completely. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. Cause I mean, and those early, because I, I mean, it's sort of, I remember like when the real world started on MTV. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah I was, yeah. I like that first season is in New York City and, uh, and I'm roughly in like the sort of age group of the people on it, but it was much more like a verite documentary. I mean, obviously they'd already started sort of reality sculpting on the show. But you could see already with the next season of The Real World, which I think was San Francisco, maybe. I don't know. Like, already. (laughs) I love this knowledge. See, I I really love these conversations where we trick people into sharing what is maybe codified as embarrassing knowledge, but Uh really is just a mastery of a subject. Yeah, sure. So thank you for your reality TV expertise. Yeah, yes, back at the the roots of the thing. Oh, no, this is deep. Well, but by the second (laughs) episode, already archetypes had emerged, and you could see them picking out someone to be the troublemaker. And this person is going to be the crusader. And you could like, and then by the third season, it's like, okay, who's the puck going to be? Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I suppose so. Like they already had names and, uh, yeah. So, um, it's, it's weird. There is a direct crossover there actually. Uh And I, I, 
I don't want to trap us in only discussing wrestling this evening. Oh, no. Um, but I, I do want to say that my absolute favorite wrestler is um, an ex-real world contestant. Really? Oh, really? And when he was, his name is The Miz. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, he, I think he was on season 10. I don't, I have never watched a season of The Real World in its entirety, so I don't think I know, I don't know anything about his character on The Real World, mm-hmm. but I do know that all he wanted was to be a wrestler on the real world mm. oh wow and then crossover yeah right like yeah. a year before i started watching wrestling i read john jeremiah sullivan's book of essays pulphead mm-hmm. in which he has a profile of the miz where he is working as a party promoter for the for mtv which is basically just getting paid to get like unsafely drunk on boats right and make other people have fun right yeah uh which was the career path that they provided for uh-huh. people when they got off the real world those first I couple mean, years they still do that i right, think so sure, that's sure. really alarming yeah. yeah oh yeah but you know that's why vh1 the like the sister mm-hmm. network to mtv yes mm-hmm. has um celebrity uh rehab yes right it's a feeder yeah. from uh, <laughs> from, the, from the surreal life it's like All a the... whole ecology it of, really of damage and dissociation <laughs> there's another wrestling <laughs> reference i think vh1 uh, maybe like half-handedly killed china uh-huh. Wow. Who is also a wrestler. I believe it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, that well, I mean, it's a short leap from, like, it's better TV if this asshole stays and creates more tension, even though everyone is in a shitstorm, you know, like, psychologically because of this person's presence. It's a short leap from that to, wouldn't it be great if she died? You know, like... like <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, whoa. <clears throat> I mean, if everyone had to go through this, because we've run out of storylines for her, and no one else cares enough to actually, like, remove Dang. her or coo her. So, like, what if there was an accident? Um, <laughs> wow. <I> mean, this, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, this, so this is the apocalyptic uh-huh. uh, reality TV of the future, I suppose. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow, so it I can't know. be that Ultraviolet. far in the future. Um, I mean, yeah, RoboCop. I'll buy that for wow. a dollar. It's, it all came true. <laughs> the Hunger Games of export stars. I know, seriously. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. The Hunger Games. Um, I'll buy that for a dollar. But what is really yes. nice about the story of The Miz for me is I think he was a very bad wrestler for a while. I think he's been in the WWE for some time. I didn't have to see any of that. <coughs> I came in at the perfect moment. Mm-hmm. The Miz is married to Maurice, a French uh, wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, they are incredibly stylish. They dress like the poster people for the G.I. Joe Cobra. They're always in these long, oh. shining vests. That would be Destro and the Baroness. Wow. And like... Yeah. Just the the sunglasses and the hair and the boots and they just uh-huh. look beautiful. Wow. wow! And they're so in love, and and they're they're heels ostensibly. Like their their whole deal is that they're the A list couple and and they're taking up a lot of space, mm-hmm. making other people look very foolish. But they keep being staged in situations where the validity and truth of their love is what makes them bad guys. Uh huh. Um, whenever. It, like the Miz will not stand for uh, Maurice to be insulted. Um, so if someone like interrupts her, he will yell at them and make them apologize to his beautiful and sexy and perfect wife uh, at length. It's a. I love them already. It's a really nice dynamic. Wow. Like he is impeccable with her in every uh-huh. moment. Yeah. They are just. It's it's amazing to watch. Yeah. Wow. That's lovely, and it it sounds like now I'm very 
curious to bear witness to what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, they're um, doing something new with the with the heel role. I mean, I, I just find supervillain so glamorous. I mean, that whole, like, supervillain chic, like... Yes. <laughs> it's the supervillain aesthetic uh-huh. with more confusing uh, rationalizations. Uh-huh. Partially because I think it's written for... Well, it doesn't know who it's written for. Uh-huh. You run into all these, like, who's this for? Yeah. So when a mm. villain is like, I don't know why this person is a villain except that he's Russian, <laughs> that's uh-huh. a bit dated yeah, yeah. and a bit sure. confusing. Yeah. Um, especially when that person is, like, real fun in every other part of their character. Right. And you run into these good guys that are designed after the sort of anti-hero of the 70s where they're just kind of <laughs> shitheads. <Yeah. laughs> uh-huh. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So the moral compass is confusing to me, but fun. Yeah. Yeah. Confusing, but fun. Indeed. Because, you know, I mean, a great villain just kind of wants to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, the, you know, the more a villain kind of just wants to hurt people for, you know, or, or you know, a, a, a great villain just wants to indulge himself or herself. And what's so wrong with that? You got so dreamy on that one. <laughs> it's very nice. Well, in a world that is so profoundly corrupt on every systemic level, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't it behoove us to be criminals if we're going to make any kind of dent at all? Wow. What a dream world you're living in. <laughs> I'm literally like, la, what? la, 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 la. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, speaking of dreams and worlds. Kanda, what's been happening with you? Oh, wow. Well, I've started another another one of those office jobs. Another one of those office jobs. I have one of those. <laughs> yeah. I called under my desk today for a little bit. Did you really? Yeah, I did. <gasps> my cubicle is like right, like it's opening is right by the CEO's, like in the CEO's yeah. line site. So there's uh, no way of me doing that without him being like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Like, I mean, he's really nice, but I'm like, <laughs> uh-huh. I also don't know he would take nicely to right. me doing that. But that sounds wonderful. Well, so. you could tell him you're concerned about Russian reprisals. Yeah, I yeah. could just. You right? know, like I was the... practicing my duck and cover. Um, <laughs> like and I suggest you do the same, yeah. sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just waiting it out. Yeah, yeah. But I finished uh-huh. an audio book today. Yes. Um. I have finished two in the two weeks that I've been working there. Okay. Okay. Nice. So yeah, yeah, one yeah. a week. That's what? kind of nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, it's pushed me like now that I have time, cause I was working like a part-time job that was like, I guess like service based. And so you work evenings and then I would wake up in the morning and work my other part-time office job. And, mm-hmm. Like I just was being run to the ground yeah. really. And so now I can kind of, um, I'm like starting to dream more and to realize things that I want to do, mm-hmm. possibilities and potential moves in life. And mm-hmm. yes, 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 movement, movement. <laughs> yeah. So uh-huh. it's scary right now because uh-huh. like now that I have time to really think, I'm like, am I happy? <laughs> what makes mm, me mm, happy? Right. You know what I mean? Right, I yeah. think that you know how like do, when you, yeah. you force yourself to be like moving nonstop and it's like I graduated and was just like working three jobs and mm-hmm. just bam 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 and so now I'm like wow I go home and I cook uh-huh. and I prep my meals for the next day mm-hmm. and I'm like what do I do with my life? 
Mm-hmm. Who do I want to be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? What? You know what I mean? Like, why am I here on this earth? Uh-huh. And all of it is about to be like risks, risks, risks. That's magnificent. And, and isn't that whole, I mean, you know, and this isn't a new realization, but isn't the whole rat race designed to keep us from asking those questions? Oh, completely. Which is so hilarious <laughs> that I found myself having uh, time yeah, yeah, right. in this. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to cut down from two part-time jobs to one really does let you say like, Okay, in the space of time that used to be occupied by my part-time job, I can now put my existential concerns and and maybe like make some progress on them. Yeah, completely. yeah, sure. Completely. Yeah. I work full-time now, but it's so much easier to work through this sort of plan-making and dream-constructing than when I was working two retail jobs. It's really hard because yeah, you, with the retail. You do so much running around and so much communicating and and changing especially with two jobs changing your whole persona subset from one yeah. workspace to another workspace mm-hmm. that labor is really taxing yeah. it really is um it truly is so yeah the opportunity to sit at a desk and process some emotional stuff at that desk i love it it's yeah pretty nice I well really, yeah really i mean i'm it. i'm I'm curious. I mean, I, I, you know, like, is like an office situation? I mean, I, I know like interpersonal dynamics accrue and whatever, and you have relationships with people. I mean, you yes, know, if you're there long enough, yeah, yeah, you know, but relationships. But it, like, but it's not emotionally frying like retail. I mean, in that way that like when you're sort of like making these sort of like fleeting connections all day and. I would say absolutely it's not even close it's for me. It's not anywhere close yeah. for me either. Right. Yeah. Like I feel rested uh-huh. at times, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? I can just put in my little headphones and right. someone will come and check up on me, see if things are going well. And if I have a meeting, my little computer dings me and <laughs> I go to the meeting for an hour and I come back and yeah. I just do my work. Yeah. It's nice. quiet. Yeah. Nice. Have your phone out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one just... No one can just enter your space unbidden and be required, like require you to treat them in a way that you don't want to treat them. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And treat you however they want to yeah. treat you. Mm. It's always with the same requirement. Even if it's hierarchical, even if it's a, a, a boss figure, it's not that same. I think retail is just an emotional wild west where people feel they can approach you oh God, with so anything yeah. in any way. And you are supposed to be able to fulfill that sort of not even need, but like communication demand. Yeah, completely. Yeah. There's just like a script, a script that is consistently changing per customer. Mm-hmm. But for each customer, like that is the script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you're anytime you encounter anyone, you have to anticipate what script you're using Mm -hmm. you know in a split second and if you're on the wrong one you have to be able to switch it really quick and like da 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 and it's just like you know in a way like in an office setting I feel like there's like maybe even a lack of a script where there's just kind of like we're just going to talk about the project I'm asking you about like Mm -hmm. you know we are going to ask each other about each other's weekends Mm -hmm. and then we're just going to respectively slip out and do our work Yeah. yeah yeah My office is exceedingly quiet. Um, it's like a data management department for the school district, and it's it's just very quiet, full mm-hmm. of quiet people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't feel the sort of connections that I had with folks that I worked with in retail because I'm not going through the emotional <laughs> shitstorm. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trenches. It, it, it really yeah. is like yeah. it's right. just a different way to forge relationships. But uh-huh. I just feel very like I know what tasks I'm going to do that day, Completely. and then I leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow. 
What a feeling. It's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. And it's funny because, I mean, so in certain retail things, I was really excited to leave and not necessarily care. Like there were mm-hmm. smaller retail situations. They're always just kind of like, who left out the, the this and what's going on? And people are calling you and being like, can you come in? Jaleesa called out or whatever. And so like that, that was really taxing for me. So to work at a place that was really, really large mm-hmm. and whatever, like was really, it felt less taxing mm-hmm. in some ways, you know, but it's so amazing um, how much energy goes away in that specific setting at times. And although like there's some serenity in that, like knowing, like I feel like I gained so much like strength in learning how to process my own self and process my own thoughts in the midst of like a crazy, like what do I do mm. next? Like what's coming on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's really nice to just kind of be like, okay, so you know, at five o'clock I, you know, start to assess where my projects are. Mm-hmm. At five thirty, I'm leaving, uh-huh. and then I go home, and I do all these things, and I'm like, I feel so boring. Like last week, I was like wiped out every night, and so I just like immediately went to bed, and I would look at stuff to decorate my cubicle with. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I sound, I feel so like genuinely <laughs> <love that>. boring. <laughs> no, but I feel like the. the... The thing you're leaving, if you're, I mean, I know you, you've been between retail and office, but yeah, in my mind, leaving retail, it goes from, it goes to, how am I going to decorate my cubicle? I'm exhausted. Um, I'm going to make this for dinner and pack this for lunch. Mm-hmm. That is coming out of this, like for me, okay, I, I'm, I'm on it for two hours. I've only got to be here for four. That last uh-huh. hour, how mean can I be? without anybody catching me Mm -hmm. um and then i'm like and then i'm back on the bus dealing with the bus post retail all that sort of it just and like i'm working two to two to six today and like nine to seven tomorrow and how did that happen uh Uh, so there's not a lot you can count on yeah and it's hard to plan anything because life still happens, you know, like, so on top of anything, there's always just like she said, he said, and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. trying to navigate my personal re- relationships and mm. what are my dreams and goals? And like, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I think that it's weird because I feel like I'm I'm now actively turning into this person who's like, okay, I don't want to get stuck here though. Yeah. So there's this half and half where like in retail, everybody knows this is not about to be the end of your life. So continue pursuing your dreams. Everybody knows everybody else has a side hustle, a side project. All these dreams are happening. People are doing musical shows, all that stuff, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's typical in these like rules in our society, quote unquote, like once you get that like nine to five, like buy dreams, buy all this, that like, this is your stuff. So like Mm -hmm. for me, it's this like weird balance of being like, so I know that I'm not like a waitress or I know I'm not like doing service work, but I also like, I'm going to kick ass in the music world and, do all these things I just like oh my god like yes it's weird yeah this the I'm there so uh, that, no so one that, in my office has a side hustle and that's wild to me that's weird right. it's so bizarre uh-huh. so that tranquility is a trap I mean is that is that like I mean because they this is they're getting they've achieved their goal I don't well, I don't know yeah I think it's half and half yeah like, like I think in in some ways yeah because I I know that I grew up with a with a parent who worked in an office and said like i do this because there's boundaries i know Mm -hmm. when my time is mine Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i know that 
I can do the things that I really care about doing on my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so in that way, I, I really super respect that way of laying out your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I am not there and I am in a selfish time and place and <laughs> I would prefer too. to stay there uh-huh. um, because too. I think like... Oh my God. Also... The other benefit of the office for me is that, like, I got a copier right next to my desk, and no one gives a shit what I do. Mm-hmm. I, uh, get that. I get that. And so my in an eight-hour day, if I show up and do the do the things that I intended to do, I maybe have two hours to side hustle on the clock. And as long as that's on your mind, I think that means you're not stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like I'm actively thinking about like what I want to do, where I'm going, what kind of plans I'm making, even if I am kind of like filling out these applications for clients that we have or whatever, like I'm still being like, oh, and maybe this and this is what I want and maybe I should write this sort of song or like, you know, is it possible for me to do this and that? So it's very weird, but like in regards to is this like their goal is this their dream like I do I the one thing that's so weird about navigating like an office setting is realizing that this is someone's baby like in some point of this this is someone's passion this is what they wanted to do like we have financial advisors in my office and they're like this is like I'm assuming what they wanted to do like they went to school for all these like for all of that and this is their dream and this is so exciting and that's really great and so I try to hold it with that yeah like level of like um that level of integrity but there's also like a part of me that um like the minute that i can see that i'm facilitating someone else's baby i just try to figure out what mine is right you know what i mean and how do i nurture my baby Uh and how do i feed my baby and so it's really interesting to be like i think i have to start making a two-year plan like to be like okay if i'm here in two years like i literally just need to quit yeah i just literally need to jump off the edge and be like oh my god but there's nothing bad and like uh, like seeking the financial stability and the little restart that this could bring. Right, you right, know? right. No, yeah. Of course, of course. Um, what are your um? What are do you have any dream babies that you want to like talk about? Sure, please. <laughs> um, dream babies. So I have six songs right now that I like that I've written. Wow, wow. Which is amazing yeah. that I like them. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Like recent songs? Like, like, all, like all, all, like a... They're like somewhat recent. Some of them are just, they're all post-school or like okay, yeah, near yeah. the end of school and yeah. on. And so I think yeah. that um, there's a maybe change in living places coming uh-huh. soon. Uh-huh. And uh, I think I'm going to write... Um, an album. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I think I'm going to write an album uh-huh. and I think I'm just going to really pursue the music thing. Cause I don't think that it's in void. And I think that, um, I have this gift for a reason and it's really specific and I am going to continue to try and do this modeling thing to feed the music thing uh-huh. and so uh-huh. and i think that like who knows what's gonna come from it but like 
Oh. Okay, so, uh, so the relocation where potentially Seattle. It See, wouldn't be okay. that far. Ooh. Okay. So we could yeah. still do like an uh-huh. ep- an episode a month. Uh huh. Right. It would be less. That's <laughs> <laughs> world you're enough. building. Yeah. 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 Ah. Uh, yeah. No, that's great. I re- that's a real city. It's a real city, and yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not insanely far. Uh huh. Um, I need a restart. Yeah. Because oh my god, I've been here. There's nothing like a restart. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not bad. It's not bad to be somewhere where it's familiar, where Mm. it's close. But I also feel like, um, you know, after I graduated uh, school and music, like I did not, I do not, I, although I love some of the musicians here and I love what they do and everything like that. Like I was so burnt by school that I have such a hard time interacting with musicians here Mm. because it, all of it reminds me of something that like was so like whatever to me, Mm. like it was just not this positive experience. And it also doesn't run in the same line as what I'm creating. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel Portland's a really great place to come back to once you've like made things and people are like, Oh, I get it. But like, they don't get it while you're doing it Mm. here. And, and this will feel like any reset, a coming back is a whole new experience. Oh, completely. And and you get to sort of re-meet a place that was really exhausted for you. And that's, yeah, what a gift to give yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking about it. My roommate used to live in Seattle and was in Seattle for like a week and a half recently because he gets most of his gigs there. He does most of his music there, like gets most of his money there. Yeah. And um, he went to, he, he did his undergrad there and never wanted to move back and then he called me while he was there and he's like so i've started telling people that i'm moving back and i would like for you to move with me wow (laughs) it's not sexual envisioning right. him making these promises uh, okay i'm coming back and i'm bringing someone <laughs> wonderful uh-huh. all right yeah. i'd like you i'd like for you to come with me because i've already committed you yeah, yeah like yeah. and yeah, this project, isn't gonna work without you yeah and he's really sweet like he he knows all the people in the music there and it's oh, something nice. new plus let me tell you i get so much more anything else like Everything is so much better in any other city. Like, oh. <laughs> like and it sounds really crazy, no, but I, I yeah. like, yeah. in all reality, like, I think I flirt maybe, like, once every t- three weeks here, and it's, like, an event. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, God, did you see what just happened by the produce at Fred Meyer? Did you see that? I'm, like, talking to my roommate. I'm like, did you see that? Like... And in like anytime in, I'm in Seattle, it's like a whole like that's just it, you know, and that's like normal. And I can do. I just I need I need to feel. I need to like I know that I have the potential to be attractive here and there, but like dang, Girl, you just I yeah. love this. Uh-huh. You're, yeah, yeah. You there, need, I think dang. what you're saying is there are like there are adults in Seattle. Well, you that, like behave so. and maybe to, communicate like right. adults. You need to go someplace where the lenses aren't foggy with everyone's heavy breathing over nonsense and waffle. Yeah. Waffle, artisanal waffle. Yeah. Palaces. I don't, Seattle has like the most creative community weight for me. I, yeah. I, so I feel like a real grown up when I go to Seattle. Mm-hmm. It feels like that. It yeah. feels like that. Like, not to be, yeah, not to be disparaging of the potential flirt friends or whatever in Portland, but I really, oh no. I have a, 
a community in Seattle that really, like, when I go, I feel like, oh, yeah, I'm here on, like, business. Like, I feel like I can say I'm here on business. Completely. Like, people yeah. are just, I think that people are forced to work. <coughs> work more in general so everything is just kind of like i'm working i'm doing things i'm busy mm-hmm. if i'm spending time with you it means something and that's the thing that i like about all larger cities there's this like hustle that's happening with everybody like everybody has to hustle and although we're hustling here like we're hustling to like be able to purchase more beer yeah i, th- I throw my hustle away on like shit Oh, completely. I throw my hustle away on, like, look who's going to go eat a sushi burrito. Like, oh, it's so like, good. It feels so, so good, good. But mama has no savings. Right. <laughs> Literally. And it's just like, I, you know, I end up spending time with people sometimes from time to time. Or I look really mean when I choose selectively to spend my time with people that I like spending time with. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, because I don't believe in wasting time. I believe mm. in, like, being like, this is good time like whether we're sitting here doing nothing like but it's good time like oh and i um yeah portland has i mean i when i moved here i thought i was gonna be here for one year and i was gonna transfer schools and Mm. here i am almost seven years later so it wasn't like the dream place for me some people it's a dream place and they can live here and love it and they had all these expectations of the area and everything like that and i have i do have like some community here and that makes me sad to leave but like Bolt bus is 10 bucks. Bolt bus is not that much at all. Uh You're so right. And it's also just like, I'm not, I'm not able to flourish. Like Portland has given me what it can give me. And the rest of it, I think it has like, it's only created so much more like internal angst. And I feel like I will just keep on compiling on myself and like impounding on myself and questioning myself further and becoming smaller. Like, I think I just genuinely have become so much smaller here. You know, like I apologize for so many things. I don't feel like I should take up any space. I feel like I shouldn't talk about things there. You know what I mean? You have to be extremely. And of course, like that, that will always be a portion of being like, black in America but I just like here is excruciating and I don't know that it's going to be amazing in Seattle but I also like don't have to start like I feel like having been here so long it's just like there are certain people who have known me for the whole entirety of me being here mm. and it's so hard to just be like I am no longer doing this No, that, and that feels weird too that just the feeling of a a relationship that is contingent on I have seen you be here for a long time and that makes me feel like I know who you are as a person. Completely. Is this sort of claiming of identity that doesn't allow you to be a new and different and cool thing and mm-hmm. like that's horrifying. I need the ability to be a new and different thing all the time. Yeah. All the time. All well, the time. Well that's you know why going somewhere the restart why the restart is so beautiful because mm-hmm. I mean very few communities will let you do that mm-hmm. you know like where you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you have a community that lets you do that, then you're home. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, but Mm -hmm. yeah, but otherwise, um, yeah, like a new, just a whole new melange and gestalt of sensory impressions and personalities. um, That's a great cocoon in which, you know, to bring forth. I love a melange and also a cocoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's both nice things. Yeah. Jason, where are you at? What are you working on, mm-hmm. and what is your brain doing? Myself, myself. Well, my brain currently. Um, 
it's engaged with uh, with two things principally. Um, my body goes to work and does the work things. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, there's uh, a book that uh, that I I wrote um, a couple years ago, the first draft of, and uh, I was paid to write it by some. LA associates that I'm sure I've mentioned on the program before. I think so. Yes. And um yeah, and it's uh it's a book that uh we did a few drafts of it and uh I was very proud of the work that I did and it's a weird um you know sort of hard-boiled um slice of celebutant crime fiction and uh and it, and then they, we got it to a nice point and then there's sort of their business plan changed the clients so it was no longer appropriate to bring it out. So along with some other stuff that I've done for them, it kind of went on the back burner. So I went about my business. And um, But uh, yeah, now their um, sort of schematic has changed yet again, and they really want to get into series television. So this, uh, this book, the kind of mythology, the mythology, the, the mythologization of my clients' lives, and the mythologization of a certain period in time, 2002 in Los Angeles, and this Paris Hilton type figure called London Rothschild. Um, it seems like a... So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And, uh, and this kind of like, you know, uh, decadent, hyperbolic, sort of half satirical, over-the-top like rendition of that, of that world um, seems like, you know, people would eat it up right now. So uh, I'm working on... What looks to be the last draft of it, based on the last batch of notes that I got, and then they're uh, they're gonna uh, sell it and use all their machinations to sell it, and uh, and maybe make a TV series. So, um, holy moly! Yeah, I know. Yeah, on the cusp of right. a new life. Right. No. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, potentially, and uh, but alongside that, uh, you know, uh, the same people wanted me to help them develop a sort of like prestige HBO style uh, TV series about the history of comic books. And uh, the pr I'm still at the research stage with that. Yeah, we talked about that on the bus. We did, yeah. We had a bag full of research books. I did, a bag <laughs> full of research. And, I, you know, and it just keeps coming and I'm like weaving the schematic, but also the research into television structure and the art of building these TV series it's uh kind of beautiful and kind of scary because i just i like get it i mean we consume so much television we i mean we mm -hmm. that's this stuff is in our hard drive so it's sort of like you you know you see it laid out by someone who's in that field and it's like oh that of course that's how you, you know like you made me feel this but kind of getting it in my head as a technology is just been so exhilarating and i think i've watched the pilot of every series ever at this point <laughs> Uh, just to get the pilot structure in my head, but um, and to kind of be you know called upon to learn this stuff in the context of a project that's um, just more the deeper I get into it, the more profound it seems to me because it's you know it's about um, people with universes in their heads mm. who only wanted to create like all day long every single day for the rest of their lives and made a pact because it seems like they were going to do that and were generation after generation exploited by people 
who could not get over the fact that they could sell a million copies of this stupid fucking thing that this idiot made with a, you know, with, with a, a person in Long John's, you know, like throwing cars around in it. And uh, so this sort of confluence of like, like the American entrepreneurial, you know, spirit and that sort of, you know, uh, vaguely diabolical genius and like the energy that informed like the way that despite the fact that they were constantly being exploited and they knew it, these people loved this form of expressing themselves so much that they just kept doing it and kept innovating and uh and that it was um yeah that uh i don't know yeah. i i'm time traveling i'm exploring i'm uh so that's a whole thing that might happen but i'm learning how to write tv and you know if i could um i can't drive so la is kind of impossible for me unless i'm you know being chauffeured yeah. around of course i have a blind friend from la uh, who uh, just yeah she's so happy to be here with the bus oh yes <laughs> Oh no, no when I lived in LA, I lived That's um so different. Yeah. yeah, my 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 girlfriend her um her aunt was a is a child psychologist in LA and uh and one of her clients um was uh was blind and had a young adopted daughter and li I could not imagine like what she had to deal with on a mm -hmm. daily basis kind of put my LA experience in perspective. I mean, I just had to take the bus. And the thing is, like, when you take the bus in L.A., like, you just feel like everyone on the bus is like, I made bad choices. <laughs> That's one thing that I think that you can say for Portland is uh -huh. as, like, I feel so fortunate to be a blind person in Portland. It's dark most of the year, hmm. and there the, the bus population is varied and generally kind. Uh -huh. yeah. I, I think for when I travel right, yeah. and I, right. like, it's the wild fucking west of personal interactions and it mm. can be really whack and terrible oh, and sure. gross and offensive yeah. but it for the most part governs itself like i think people generally just want to get where they're going right yeah right and um, a lot of people take the bus so yeah it's not, yeah right, like, right right the times that i've ridden the bus outside of portland I, I i've never spent any time on la transit but i just can't imagine those communities are so different and yeah. so much more just aggressively unhappy being on the bus. No, totally. Yeah. Well, and it, it was like my, you know, I mean, I come from Boston, but, uh, you know, my previous experience of a giant city, you know, like Boston seems small to me in my head. So it had, you know, it had been New York City, which is like every class and strain of human life mashed together in right. a way that's sort of a pressure cooker and sort of has too much voltage, but everyone has to figure out how to deal with each other or you have to go away. And whereas LA is so sprawled out mm. and everyone's in their little bubbles, their automotive bubbles from home to office and whatnot that, um, I mean, everyone still has to interact with each other, but there's this, it's, it's almost like the, the strictures and the boundaries between people can be maintained because, um, yeah, and so it was, it was a different experience. And then, yes, and then people I knew made money, and then I went back to L.A., and oh, oh, if you had money, if you, yes. It's a di yeah. <laughs> it's like Disneyland. I mean, just everything is pretty about it. Everyone seems to sound like a grand. Right, indeed, yes. Oh, God, yes. 